0: Hey guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future's lily-white.
1: Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to the penultimate episode of Echoes of Glory. We're almost there. Uh, season 12, episode 32. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm Rob. And here we are. I I had loads of fun yesterday. Um I was was it even yesterday? It was yesterday. It was a very long day. They had a the double header. So you could watch Tottenham Brentford in the morning and then you could watch the women play Reading in the afternoon and it was like two different universes in the same ground. It was madness. Um let's talk about Brentford first of all. I thought it was a decent first half. When I saw the lineup four two three one, you know I love a four two three one, and it sort of worked for a while. They didn't. They created a. I mean, they purposefully targeted Royale. It seemed, um, and he just looked so slow. But apart from that, I don't think Kudelski is doing it in a n- number ten role. And it sounds like we might not even sign him because he's still on loan. And I don't know what we do with him. But it was just a bit of a mess after that. But. Rob, Chris, you were there. What's your
2: thoughts? I mean, the goal was terrific. So oh, I was all there. Yeah. Like, I was all like, "Oh, Harry, stop taking free kicks. We all You were. can't do it. Wow, wow. <laughs> you know, just for you know, for the comedy value more than anything. But honestly, and actually, the fact was it wasn't a dead ball. The ball was moving, and he just hit it so beautifully, and it was an absolute cracker of a goal. Um, But apart from that, we didn't really look like doing much else apart from right at the end when Charleston hit the woodwork a couple of times. And I don't know, like Patrick, who sits next to me, who ASD now knows, you know, but oh, sorry, it's my sister, decline. Um, (laughs) um, Patrick, Patrick's view is that both harry kane and human song are have been passengers for the last couple of games and that actually with them not giving any effort at all and i come back to asd saying on a previous pod that without kane and son it's you know a mid-table team at best and that showed i think you know if they're not on it completely that really shows and actually i saw a stat yesterday and i'm sorry if i'm uh ruining this for you asd because it's the sort of thing that i know that you like to bust out in these situations (laughs)
3: um
2: but we've i saw something yesterday saying that only one premier league team has conceded as almost as many goals as as they've scored and that was spurs in 0708 so this year we've scored 66 and we've conceded 62 and the only teams that have conceded more goals are Southampton and someone else and I don't know who else it was someone else that's like doing really badly and if you take away Kane's 28 goals we've scored 38 and conceded 62 it's literally relegation fodder and I think that's what you see if Kane and Son aren't playing. So I agree with ASD. I thought the first half looked quite bright. And we all thought, oh great, look, we've done something in the first half, which is the flip side of everything else. And then it and then I guess Thomas Frank at halftime, basically, you know. That's it? Tottenham. Well, yeah, a little bit of that. But I also hang on, I've got a I've got a message here from a friend of mine who is a um I want to say don't want to say a Brentford director, but he is a Brentford director. Um yeah, I mean he he had them out, all out roaring in the second half because they knew they could do something and they roared. So but it does look like the only consolation I suppose and this isn't necessarily a popular opinion, it does look like we're going to miss out on the Europa Conference League.
0: Which is definitely a good it really thing. It does.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh yeah, I'm not worrying about my my position for bringing stats Chris. that was uh it was it was an interesting uh point uh yeah, it's the worst ever defensive performance in the thirty eight game season for us ever, and we've we've a uh, Premier League season, and we've still got one game left, so we've conceded sixty two so far uh the last time we conceded sixty two was in o two o three, so that's not great, and tell you what they're gonna do about that is sign Lungley and give Dyer a three year contract extension, <laughs> uh, Rob, what did you see?
4: Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to start really. Um, it's actually for anyone that doesn't do podcasts. You know, by, by, by that I mean go on them and talk. Yeah. It's actually quite difficult to pitch up at the moment, week after week, and talk about Spurs because you run out of things to talk about whilst you also do. trying really hard to not just sound. <laughs> Defeatist and, and miserable and negative, and all the people that sit around me that moan about. So, I, I sort of, I mean, the game, I, I, the second half, I, I was I was sending messages to all of you. They came out, I said, I'd take my 10 year old to the games. And my 10 year old that we came out, like, second half, literally, they kicked off. And, and Samuel said to me, Why are they all walking around? Yeah. <laughs> and he's oh. 10. <laughs> so, oh. he could have done a better job at half time than uh, the Mason. Uh, obviously, did in terms of getting a get get getting a, a rocket into them. Came out second half, no energy, strolling around. They literally, I mean, they were literally walking around, and uh, I was like, uh oh. And that, and of course, as we all know in Premier League football, the moment you lose momentum, you can't get it back, and but unless you get some absolute miracle, and uh, we were absolutely odds on to get thumped. So I think that the game summed up. For me, absolutely everything that I feel about that first team, that men's first team at this moment, you know. Um, and Kane is an interesting one that I, I I agree the last sort of two or three games, like he's sorted a couple of goals, hasn't he? But he's not really, I think Sun's, you know, been having his toys, throwing his toys out of his pram for a good while now. But, you know, their situation sort of perfectly sums up. It's a perfect little kind of cheese. Great cheese cut view of the problems with that team at the moment. They have got individual players, and in Kane and Son, they've got there's no doubt world class. I mean, Kane's goal yesterday, oh, yeah, you know what, it? what a goal! So, well, you know, some world class individual players. There's no doubt about that. But you know, I read this week that Skip's going to get invited to join the leadership group I mean I didn't see a lot of evidence of the leadership group in the second half yesterday getting the players together and going oh come on lads you know we've got to step up here we're getting steam you know they are a group of individuals and uh, I think that there are some green shoots of players there there is no doubt I don't think Kane will leave in the summer I don't think they should let him leave in the summer and all of that stuff. But it, it, the whole thing, you know, it needs, it needs, we need to start again, I think. And so yeah, I'm I'm depressed about it, but no surprises. And uh, I was, you know, I can't wait for us to go up to Leeds next week. No doubt get thumped, and then not think about it till August.
2: And no, talking of Leeds, very quickly. So Ta- Tabitha, my partner, is in is an Evertonian, so lots, loads of Everton fa- mates. And she was saying to me, "Oh, they all think that they're going to get relegated." And I was like, "Why?" You know. She was like, "Because they all think that Leeds are going to beat Spurs." Yeah, <laughs> it's going
4: to be a it's going to be a hostile atmosphere. That's for sure next week.
2: Yeah, and uh,
4: you know we um we don't do we we um, we haven't done so well in those this year. So I know, you know, no, I mean, no doubt, Jack is, you know, you, you're, you're going to be able to dissect for us. You're so brilliant at that stuff about where it all went wrong. But, you know, from my perspective, there's just there's no heart and there's no togetherness. And it's, you know, there's a lot of experienced players that are swinging the lead, frankly. Shall yeah, I? Shall I? Go
0: on.
2: Go for it.
0: Um It was a frustrating game. I agree with you, SD. I thought we played quite well in the first half. Um, The noticeable difference for me in the first 45 minutes was the amount of players that we had in front of the ball. So, like, centre midfielder would pick it up and there's four, five, sometimes even six forward runners. And it was like, there we go. You know, all of a sudden you can start playing a bit more aggressively. So I thought thought that was really, really good. Um, I thought Basuma had a decent game as well, actually. Um, And that was... Probably the first time I've watched him and thought okay there's glimpses of the player we bought there um unfortunately like he he had to carry Skip it's probably Skip's worst game but to be honest he's played pretty well I think for us this season so I'll sort of I'll let him have one um really I I was shocked when we found ourselves 2-1 down I was absolutely shocked because I thought we should have been probably tuning up at half time and then same old story really wasn't it it's like Brentford didn't do, from what I could see, Brentford didn't do anything amazing tactically other than they pressed us, which they didn't do in the first half. And they they set some clever traps and they let us play out and then they pounced and we were a bit like, oh, we don't know how to deal with this. Um, But the defending was just so poor. Um, And I thought the goalkeeping on the second Brentford goal as well was terrible from Forster. Like how Umbreno managed to slide that in, not even in the corner from that angle. It was just a little bit like, Come off your line, surely. Um, so I didn't think that was great. Um, and then just at two one, I just thought we were a little bit lack of ideas. Really, I didn't. I didn't think we looked like scoring particularly. And then obviously they get the third, and it's game over. But so it was frustrating because I didn't feel like it was a game we necessarily deserved to lose three one. I'm not saying we deserved to win it, but I thought three one was particularly harsh on us. But at that level, you, you know. If you defend like that, as we've done all season, you can't go a whole season and concede sixty-two goals in thirty-seven games. Like it, it's as simple as that, really. Like our goal, our goals for is decent. Do you know what I mean? We've got more than United, pretty much the same as Newcastle. We're only a few behind Liverpool in fifth. So it's like going forward, we're fine. You don't have to worry too much defensively. To ship sixty-two goals is like you, you're not giving yourself an opportunity at all. And then if your front players do have an off game, you know, you, you've absolutely had it. So it, it was it was frustrating. It's never nice losing the last home game of the season as well, because it leaves a particularly bitter taste. If we'd have won two or three nil, it would have been a little bit more. Oh, you know what? Next season, you know, it could it, it might be all right. But I think everybody was just a little bit like, oh, you know, let's just get to the end of the season now. Um, I agree, Rob. I don't think I, I don't get. This whole Kane stuff that that's his last game. I can't see us selling him in the summer. Like, no one's gonna come and pay the money that Levy's gonna demand. And I think that Levy will think he can convince him to sign a new deal next season. So I I I I've been a little bit scratching my head why everyone's saying that's his last home game. It's like we've still got a year. Like we like it's not gonna happen, and no one's gonna pay 120, 130 mil for him because they get him for nothing in a year. So I didn't quite I don't quite understand all of that. Um but it's just it's been a long season, isn't it? it's been a slog especially this side of the world cup um a spurs mate texted me the other day and said how mad is it that when we sacked conte we were fourth and three points off of third and i thought that can't be, that can't be right looked it up and it was like cross that feels like a lifetime ago already doesn't it um but for the first time ever i think ever watching spurs apart from when united did their treble I'm not bothered if we lose at Leeds. Like, to be honest, I want to finish below Villa so we're not in that Conference League next year. I wanted us to be in the Europa League because I think that's a, that would be a good tournament for us to be in. But the Conference League, just no thank you, especially if West Ham end up being the holders of it. like You can just see how badly that would go next year. So I do think it gives us an opportunity if we finish eighth to strip the squad back. We can have a much smaller squad next year because we won't have to worry about playing twice a week, and and I think that will be a good thing. Um, so there's room to be slightly optimistic, I think. But it was a it was a tough watch, and you know you just it frustrates me when I watch us play, and we're just we're so easy to score against. Because if I guarantee, if you got a video up of all the 62 league goals we've conceded this year, there won't be that many goals that are particularly good. There'll be balls in the channel, balls in the box, and we just can't defend. Um so yeah, that that's that's sort of me. I mean, how Harry Kane has scored 28 league goals this year in a team that has been poor for probably what 85% of it because we did start well, but for most of the season we've been pretty poor. How he has done that is just it's incredible, net. It's absolutely incredible.
1: He's forty two percent of our points he's won for us with his goals. So he's scored. He's won twenty four points for us, um, which is scary. Which is the the, the highest. Erling Haaland has also won twenty four points, but City have won cumulative eighty five points. That's, so
0: that's the same amount of points as Southampton.
1: Just for him, Ridiculous, and that, yeah, it's crazy. And you have a look back, like the Golden Boot winners. So last year twenty three, year before twenty three, twenty three, twenty two. Like you have to go back to seventeen eighty when Salah scored twenty nine. Um, mm-hmm. to get anywhere close to what he's done, so he and he could is, he
0: could get a couple at leads and get thirty, like that. That's not an that unrealistic. you know, because leads ship more goals than we do. Yeah, you know, so he could end up with thirty, which would be oh, what
1: a season! Leeds, yeah, I mean, we've conceded sixty-two. Leeds have conceded seventy-four. That's that's. I hope they go down. Them and Leicester. I'd like the the table yeah. stay as it is. I don't know yeah, if it's going no. to go down. Um.
2: I, I I slightly disagree on the cane thing though because Chris, I do I thought think you were that... gonna say I thought
0: you were gonna say I really hope Everton go down. Especially yeah, after no, what you
2: said at the No, start. no, no, no. I no. was gonna be like that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> I'm never <laughs> gonna no, 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 Think it,
4: don't say it, Chris. <laughs>
2: no. To be fair, I don't think it actually. I quite like oh. I quite like Everton. I kinda of, they remind us remind me the most of us. So yeah, yeah. Um, as well as their being, them being Tab's team, I'm uh, I i I'm quite fond of them. No, but I think um, we were talking about this yesterday. If Paris Saint-Germain come along and want Harry Kane, they can afford it. And I think if he's going to go anywhere that's not in England, that's where he'll go because he's not far away from home. So I think that's I think that's the only possibility. And I agree because I agree with you. It's like, why else would you who could afford him? And why else would you sell him? Because you you could still get another year out of him. And, you know, you never know what might change in a year and all of that business. And on the Europa League as well, Jack, I think if he said that himself, Kane didn't he? He said we want to we want to end up in a decent European competition. And now you've got the Europa Conference League. That's what he was talking about, was we don't want to be in the Europa Conference League because the Europa League could be deemed as a decent competition now that you've got the Europa Conference Conference League. So I'd I'd be happy to sort of see us, as you say, concentrate on all of that next season I just we were laughing though yesterday weren't we ASD because if Jack you will remember this and right at the beginning of this season I was the most optimistic I've ever been talking about if not <laughs> now then when because I genuinely <laughs> thought it's like we finished strongly we had a, what what we thought was a good manager although I, mm, I don't know I think I understand what everyone's saying about the players and I know that I keep quoting you on the Pav and Pavlichenko and Chadley thing But I do think, and there's a culture point here, is that what Mourinho and Conte have done to the state of mind of those players as well, and the fact that they obviously couldn't give a shit, excuse my language, about developing the youth teams or having any having any contribution to that to say look this is the way we play and therefore we want to have that running throughout you know to have that kind of golden thread throughout so i think the combination of those two things i think everyone just looks a bit broken Mm -hmm. just kind of feel like that's the other things like let's have a bit of joy let's just have a bit of joy back and let's figure out how we get that joy back and if it means playing once a week and having a bit of joy back i'm going to be there for that for sure I
4: have to say, I'm, I'm, I agree. I, I could not agree more with with you. And if you think that I um, started to write a blog piece yesterday that I've, I've not finished, but about the mistakes of the Mourinho and Conte appointment and how Spurs forgot who they were in making those appointments. Yeah. They completely yeah. forgot who they were. They thought that they were a, because clubs that make appointments like that, those fast, immediate appointments, they, I don't think. Like Chelsea is suffering for it right now like they're suddenly trying to behave like they've got an identity and in, in a culture a belief in who they are and the truth is they haven't had that for 15 years they've had a hire and fire bulldozer culture that's been hor- that is horrible and now suddenly they're trying to change it and of course and of course they can't and that isn't what we are and we it didn't mean that to continue to go back and hire a younger manager, continue developing younger players that we continue to go sixth, fifth, fourth, third, sixth, fifth, fourth, third. There's no reason why you can't kick on with that strategy because you remain completely at one with, with your identity as a, as a, as a, as a club. So I'm actually really, I, I, I saw yesterday that, you know, the, I figured that the club leaked that Nagelsmann was back in the running so that, you know, they were able to negotiate with the Dutch guy and not make him think like he, you know, I'm beginning to learn how the Spurs PR machine works, I think. But um, uh, I'm actually quite excited if they go and get him. Like, it's not like I know anything about him particularly or that, you know, I quite like what, what I've seen a final this season. But he looks to me like he's somebody that actually is going to get his arms around all of that club. He's going to... You know to your point Chris go down to the academy he will go and spend time down there he you know they they will start to have a you know a, a kind of style of play go you know he will play younger players they will get a a team that you feel like you're watching develop in front of you and if not him then someone like him i'm 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 actually quite excited by that and to not be in the conference league next year because they're clearly gonna have to change their style of play i mean Clearly, they're going to do that. Um, will be perfect, won't it? Because he can, you know, the, the manager can have new players on the training pitch, Monday to Friday, um, and you know, start to embed some of those, some of those, um, ethoses and, and ethics into the into the team. You know, so it could all work out okay. I just hope they make the appointment quickly and get into the transfer market
1: fairly soon. Yeah, the um the point. So Levy made a very particular decision, didn't he, to sweat the assets of the club to to push the team that got to the Champions League final with a manager who would instill with them a killer, you know, everyone hates us vibe, rather than the the refresh the Pochettino wanted, and then he carried that on with Conte and then messed around with Nuno in the middle. Like that was. Levy's decision. He is an investment banker. That is what is familiar to him. That is what he's trained in, and it hasn't worked. I'm not necessarily Levy out. But there was a lot of Levy out yesterday. It was quite disappointing because Chris, your seats were amazing. When I left, is the south stand that big wall, and it's an incredible thing. But they were very negative yesterday. They were singing a lot of very negative songs. They were not very positive, and you could see it impacted the players. It wasn't a positive atmosphere yesterday. Um, it didn't start off positive and it, it just slowly got worse there's a few odd balls that you can see from your seats like that i've seen <laughs> twice in a row now there's one fella um, who had an electronic microphone who was just shouting at us about how why weren't we all singing levy out they were, um, some
2: listeners might know him as the rabbi Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've so he had no that, top on and guy. he brought a megaphone with him, like a really shitty like kids' megaphone. And he was shouting at us saying, You don't understand about this football club. But back thought, because there's some people in the South stand were shouting with him, but nobody where we were sitting, which is in the East there, was shouting the same thing. And he was like, You don't know anything. You don't understand. You don't even know who Jimmy Greaves is, which I thought <laughs> was a funny thing to level at the whole of the um, old shelf.
1: We also shouted half of you wouldn't be here if some wasn't here, which was out of order, which you yeah. shouted yeah. back. That was a bit <laughs> yeah. a bit iffy. I
4: wasn't sure about that. Yeah, tourist fans. There's a load of social media going around today about tourist fans. I'm like, well, well you know, I, I don't, like really don't really understand. That feels a bit uncomfortable. But I mean, the, one of the great things about podcasting is anonymity, I suppose. But what I sort of want to do is run up to all of those people. And it's not that I think that the Levy um you know that that the Levy's Levy's legacy is steeped in glory or anything. Of course I don't think that but I sort of want to run up to them and go, you do you do you understand how this works? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. if he if he leaves, what like, do what do you, you think is gonna happen? From a business <laughs> <They're> gonna... <laughs>
1: perspective, we we can't argue with his legacy right, but from a footballing perspective he's killing it a little bit. And it's like what is the alternative what do they want? Do you want sports washing or do you want an investment group? Because we're not gonna get
2: He's, like,
4: an He's an
2: employee. Well, interestingly, <laughs> though, ASD, you heard that the guy next to me today, yesterday, yeah. saying that he did want sports washing. Oh, and then when God. we when we pointed out to him that it was sports washing, he was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's not great. Yeah. But he but he did say, well, why can't we have some Saudis?
4: Yeah, because what, what, what we should do, at, at the moment that it seems like UEFA and the FA are finally, 10 years too late, beginning to get their act together about state ownership of football clubs, and put some regulation in place that will actually stick, what we should do is go and get ourselves some state ownership um, that we then can't spend uh, and, get in, and, and, get, and get in more trouble. Now, let's do that 12 years too late. Let's, what are, that's, a, that's a that's a really good idea, as opposed to the model that works at the moment, that actually 10 years from now, a little bit more investment, obviously, and better decisions. Yeah. You could see the club. It's not the investment that's the problem. It's the decisions that's the problem. The investments like my yes someone someone near me yesterday said he he shouted out i wish we hadn't built this stadium i wish we hadn't built this stadium it was the worst thing that we ever did and i literally like 30 sets two up for me i was like are you what are you you talking about are you out of your mind what are you talking about like go away it's
2: the decisions You're right, and I think that's the thing. As I see, you've you just said that. It's like I'm not particularly, you know, I'm not particularly leaving out because, like, as you've just said, Rob, what's it going to actually mean? But I think the thing that's really struck me that I think that's really driven home this season is we. One thing I always thought is we do things properly. And now you've seen all the stuff around Paratici, the stuff around getting getting it wrong around um, Matt Doherty and having to sell him because we were too many people, too many players on a foreign loan. That feels like the wheels are coming off the bus rather than, you know. So that's the thing that concerns me. And I don't really know what's happened there. I don't quite I, understand it.
4: I, I wonder whether what happened there is Paratici happened. Yeah, like, well, yeah. It, it, yeah. He's, he's, you know... The way that he that. ran Juventus, and clearly, you know, I, mean, I don't, I have, I've read a bit about it, but I, I have, I'm absolutely skimming the surface about what went on there. I've got no, no real, real idea. I need to get into it, but it felt like it changed when he arrived, and and Levy was perhaps convinced that that's how you, that's that's what needs to happen. I don't know, but the. The, the, the Paratici-Conti era, both they were intertwined with each other, weren't they, that one would not have happened without the other. Um, you know, just completely changed the way that we did things. And I do hope that, you know, we are, we seem to be, you know, at the moment, it's horrible, but we do seem to be conducting ourselves. You know, this, this manager search will be at some of the PR stuff, but we do, we asked, we do seem to be doing it, you know, properly. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll I'll do, it. Go, yeah, I'll do we can, it. we can all go. Can
1: we talk about the after the game? So the only other start I had lined up that we didn't really get onto was this was uh Kane's seventh time in the Premier League this season where he scored and been on the losing side. Um, only Vardy has done that more in a single season. And oh, someone no one in wants the...
2: to be in a club with Jamie Vardy. No, really um,
1: but <laughs> someone in the in the Twitter <laughs> comments has just gone a great goal scorer and a scorer of meaningless goals, which actually cuts quite deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Afterwards, so Kane immediately did a lap of the ground before the normal lap really close to everyone and he looked miserable that looked like a like he was going it just that's that's for me why I thought he might be off Jack, nothing to do with Mm. logic it just looked like he was going and then Sonny was in tears when he was doing his lap so when when they do the lap there there's like most of them do it six foot in from the white lines Sonny and Kane were the only people who came round the edge of the pitch and Sonny was broken when he came out to get his best goal of the season, which I don't I think it might have been skips for me against Chelsea, but he came out to get his goal of the season. He just looked so miserable, like like broken. Is it and I think he put on socials afterwards like he's so sorry. Thank you for the fans for staying with him through his tough times. I'm like, mate, you are fine. You you don't have to apologize. We 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 don't deserve you in many ways. I really felt like genuinely felt for him. Uh, That's the, the impact music.
0: of losing that last game, though, like on everyone. And it's like it's very rarely do you see a team end a season horribly and then start the next season amazingly. Like there so is a really bit on. of a there is a bit of a hangover effect, and it's like it is important yeah. to win your last few games because it can quite easily drag into next season. Cause you, you can you can picture it. Ready, we, we, we lose at Leeds next week, which I think most of us probably are expecting. You do all you bring new manager in, three or four new players, whatever it is, and then you lose the opening game of next season. Everyone's gonna be like, Oh, here we go, we get and okay. you know what I mean you're one game into a thirty eight um game season and people are already, you know, thinking, Oh god, you know So it is important to try and end with something and not you know, not end in a whimper, which agree is with that. you know, it it's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous is like how do you you know, we've got a new manager coming, obviously, but like how do you shake this feeling of it's all broken that we've had for, what, three, four seasons? You know, there's been glimpses of, oh, here we go, but it's not quite. So, like, it's going to take, whoever the new manager is, it's going to take a lot to, you know, shift that feeling. If the
2: first game of the season is against Chelsea.
0: Oh, what <laughs> Imagine that.
1: What a weird reception he's going to get, though. I man. know. Really. I've
2: been thinking like about that. It's cousin, like, how is that going to work? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's going to get grief, I should think. I hope so. I hope he gets relegated. But then they uh, they show he started to show the uh, highlights of the season. I don't know that was, <laughs> that like was
4: great. It. Wasn't it? I was like, wow, you guys literally have no shame. <laughs> and the
1: boo started, and they ramped the music up to yep. genuinely painful levels. Like it was it was awful. I could almost put my headphones on, and the, the it was too loud for the speakers. Like it was really pitchy and horrible, and. Um, it was dreadful. Now we need to talk about Lucas Mora. So we need to get out the get the the, the crisp bits. We need to do these bits. So he so he
2: was the other one, to be fair, who didn't who was much closer than six feet into b- behind the white line. He was like everywhere. His wife oh. was spotting people with Mora shirts and had a pen in her hand for him to go and sign yeah, and all he, sorts. They all went his, round and he was weeping, had, which made me was... laugh. So. <laughs>
1: so you're the our beef with him is he's a right he's a supporter of bolsonaro's the extreme right-wing candidate in brazil right and this is a trend amongst footballers and there's a little bit of me which understands purely from related to someone who came from like literal homelessness at one point and became you know a successful person and was a card-carrying member of the conservative party because it was just a working-class aspirational thing i get there's a cultural thing there but on a basic human level you can't do that wasn't there something before he started as well i
2: get that though i get that um, asd but i think the thing with bolsonaro is it's not just conservatism it's like proper far right like yeah, yeah. like really kind of extreme you know, like bordering on fascism. And yeah, for, yeah. for a man of colour as well, I find that like abhorrent. But I yep. think it's a lot to do with his Christianity because he's a very, he's a re, he's a devout Christian and that's what Bolsonaro speaks to. Um, but one of the things that he's done repeatedly and during his time at Spurs as well has been to um, like and amplify loads and loads of transphobic stuff. So that's why I'm not a fan of his, and I'm delighted that he's leaving. And I quite like, I enjoyed him crying.
1: Was, uh, yes, totally agree. So,
2: so, but uh, by all means, I mean I know it's a very di- many, many many Spurs fans have a very different view. So please go ahead.
4: No, no not at all. The um... oh no, I mean I mean I um I, 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 I think everybody would completely agree with your sentiment. or Most normal people would completely agree with your sentiment, Chris. Secondly, there's absolutely no shadow of a doubt that in the semi-final of the Champions League, he gave us a moment to remember. Yep. And thirdly, it's also undeniable that since then, he's done almost fuck all. So um, <laughs> whilst earning the best part of 150 grand a week, probably. So, yeah, um, it, it was probably the weight of his salary over the last three years of doing nothing that was making him cry. His pockets were heavy. So I, would, uh, I
0: thought the send off I- he got was really weird. Like, it was as if he was, like, this Spurs hero and this Spurs legend. Yeah, he wasn't. I I, I really didn't get it. It's like, he's played for us for a while, but he would have played for any club for a while. Do you know what I mean? I've been really confused by it, and all this goodbye Lucas that's been trending, and I'm just like, it's just been a fairly average player that's played for us for probably two seasons too long.
3: Not even...
2: Do you is, think is that, it was Ajax or do you just think it's the fact that he cried in a video and were desperate no, right. for Ajax, some yeah. kind of connection?
1: Ajax. A bit of that. Definitely Ajax. Yeah. Definitely Ajax. Ajax.
4: Yeah. But the, 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 club, the club have got ambitions for him to be in the next Ricky Villa 20 years from now, but he won't be. Because Ricky Villa didn't have one moment for Spurs, actually, when you get into it. He had quite a few moments for Spurs. Mm. And... Um, yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, he's he, he's... To me, he's um aside from all of his stuff outside of the pitch, he's been one of the he's been one of the symbols of everything that's wrong about that team for
0: me. Yeah, I agree with that. Just glimpses of brilliance, but then for eighty percent of the time just not there.
4: Yeah, like you know.
2: God yeah, knows it. what he's doing.
1: Right? Such a difference to how we, we let Danny Rose go, who was a far greater servant and still gave us a great moment to remember and I think I that's think very telling. Yeah. Um so that's that. That ended, and we'll, I think we're going to switch into, if you don't mind, like what we did then, Chris. So we went out and met a load of the Proud Lady Whites. Right, we went and met Simon, Sean. I spent a lot of time talking to Ali. I don't think she's a part of Proud Lady Whites, but um,
2: she's not. She's a she's a part of Spurs Reach.
1: Yeah, totally lovely coach. Like one yep. of the coach of one of the best teams uh, in the world, and we went and put. We went and put flags up. It was pretty cool. We got to walk. I got a bit of taste of what life is like in your world now. You know, because I only get to sit in seats. But we went down by the side of the pitch. We got through the barriers, walked past Danjuma, and then we went up. Put um. You had seven flags made right by proudly yep. whites for the seven out players in well, for the seven Tottenham for
2: seven out for seven of the out players because there are more of them. We just haven't got to them yet because it's okay. expensive business making flags.
1: And there wasn't much space. Wasn't much space, but they were all they were fabulous, tied up with rainbow laces, which again, fabulous touch. And then we went and got our seats. ASD and
2: says we tied them up. I mean, me and Sean tied them up with Matt from yeah, Spurs, yeah. and ASD was chatting to Ali. I was directing.
1: Upstairs. I was directing because you know the usual, yeah,
4: <laughs> manual labour.
1: <Yeah. laughs> um. Then we went and sat down. And I got proper starstruck uh, because who were we in front of, Chris? Like, genuinely, I was starstruck. She's a bit of a hero of mine. Oh, Um, really?
2: Well, you didn't talk to her, though. I was a little
1: bit nervous. I don't know. How do you talk to someone like that?
2: So we sat in front of um, Kate Richardson Walsh, who obviously is a gold medal winning Olympian in hockey who is the wife of Helen Richardson Walsh, who is also a gold medal Olympic um, hockey player, but who's a big Spurs fan, a patron of the Proud Lily Whites, which is how I know them. But Helen also works for the Spurs women's team as their performance psychologist. So was on the bench. So Kate was sat behind us with their three-year-old Pfeiffer. and I know them quite well because we've you know we've social we socialize we've socialized as well but I asked if only I'd known that you could have had proper chats I
1: know I could I could have it was just a bit you know you just don't think you've got points of reference that are similar to them like she's played over 300 times for a country and I I do a podcast you know what I mean but the um so it was good and there's a
2: great (laughs) captain to be fair I'll tell you what though like they've got like a whole thing about culture and teams and stuff which you know loads about so you could have done you could have talked about that
1: could have talked about I love all that the um there was a different vibe a completely different vibe with the women's game and it was lovely like it was familial it was just kinder it was more positive and arguably the women's team are in a worse position than the men's team, you know, they're That's on the edge worse. of relegation. Yeah. They had a big relegation battle against um, Reading. And today was tell you what was interesting because it was a really awkward one because you could stay and watch the game. And there was a fair few people who stayed in the South Stand, but they tried being a bit like the men's games. They tried a bit of like, they used chance with the Y word and it just wasn't done at the women's game. Um, and you, it, they were trying, they just didn't know... And the women had a, an incredible performance. They, what four one. Most winners? of them
2: most of them left in the second half ASD.
1: Oh really? So yeah. I left because I had to get back and babysit my wife was going out for dinner. I got back with me. Don't babysit
2: job. your own children, of course, ASD. You Sorry, I'm being them, a parent.
1: Sure. It's you know, for the listeners who it's just an easier way for them to understand, you know. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. Oh but Chris, yeah. we've
0: missed you on this. We really have. <laughs> I just love it. I love
1: it. I was at home with my children playing Zelda. Is that, is that
2: <laughs> Yeah, four uh, one winners and we were 2-0 at half time. Um, Bethany England scored another two goals. Yet again, she's on fire, isn't
4: she, Beth England? Oh, incredible. She's like, thank goodness they managed to get her in.
1: Can I say as well, there was a difference in the atmosphere, but Chris, you are two different people, right? <laughs> because in the game you sit there, we sort of talk about the men's game and then that's fine. In the women's game, you're that person who sings the songs who stands up who's loud <laughs> You're like an announcer without without the electricity um there was a lovely lady woman who sorry came around and gave us stickers women's team stickers yep. which I've got my kids love some of them were songs that you've made up yep <laughs> and the absolute best was the Celine Dion one there's a,
2: there's a there's a player called Celine Bizet who plays for the women's team, who scored the second goal, second I think. Goal. And the first time she scored, it dawned on me that her name is Celine. And I thought there must be a Celine Dion song that we can come up with here for this player. Hmm. So we did. And it seems to be quite Wait. popular because people actually come. People kind of sing along to it now. They do I'm now. Not go- they do.
1: They do. But you stood up in the middle of it or when people are. So- it's a bit quiet and yeah. went for it and you properly sung it now I'm, oh, I've got loads of my dad just brought me a load of photos here that song I once uh, I did a when I did a bit of Amdram back in Cardiff In my uh, local church I dressed up nice. like Strawberry The uh, horse from the Magician's Nephew um, And my mum choreographed
2: Does anyone understand what that sentence means Strawberry so, the horse from the Magician's
4: Nephew what Magician's is Nephew is That one sounds of like the... even a level below Amdram To me mate, I'm not sure uh, so The Magician's gonna... Nephew is one <laughs> of you C.S. Lewis books oh, okay. all right. It's a Narnia you.
1: story So it's right. like Lion, the Witch and Wardrobe Prince Caspian all that And it's the Magician's Nephew They get darker, a bit like Harry Potter and so they put that one on I think it was Magician's nephew. Or well, it might be the horse and his boy. But anyway, and so I was a horse which got wings, so I did a dance to that song with a flag, which my mum choreographed, and honestly, it kills me a little bit inside.
0: Where is this podcast going? This is another level, isn't it? Oh god. <laughs> So I've got Kate Richardson
1: whilst like all time hero of mine and my kids behind me. I've got you belting that out. I've got people in front of us who are singing it. People are going, yep, it's go." This is, this is what's happening next to me. Um, I'm talking about film studies with Coach Ali because we both did film studies with, we've been really pretentious about films. It was just a very lovely time.
2: (laughs) I could honestly, I couldn't recommend it enough at Brisbane road next season. If you ever find yourselves with, um, a spare sunday which we might you know feel like we want to watch more football if there's no uh european football for the, for the men's team because i do hopefully we can push on from you know what this has been really weird it's been really weird this season because we fin having finished fifth last season we genuinely thought we were going to be the best of the rest this year mm. this and it just they just didn't gel they just haven't gelled because they they brought in loads of new players and i think they didn't you know they i don't know it just didn't work but I do think now that with Bethany England as sort of like as a focal point, you know, it's, it's exactly as you just said, Rob, 10 goals in 11 in eleven games in the league. I mean, that yes. definitely, definitely kept us away from the rele- from relegation. Yeah. 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 And so she's got to be up for a World Cup shout. That was the other thing we were talking about, because she hasn't been picked for England since she left Chelsea, which seems ridiculous because she's she's she has. Consistently scored goals. So hopefully that, you know, this will mean that she'll get back into that England team. Because actually, as a sub, because now that there's no Ellen White, there's no Beth Mead, or Beth Mead might be fit, and, you know, Alessia Russo is a starter rather than a sub, you need someone who can come on and make an impact, and she can definitely do that. So
4: I was conscious in the, um, uh, frankly, infuriating uh, Levy. Cambridge Union interview that he yeah. did where he'd spent to be honest about three seconds frankly which was ridiculous in itself but anyway he did talking about uh, t- talking about the ladies team and women ne- women, the, wi- the women's team and, and the yep. need for the need for um um sort of a Different, a completely different strategy for commercial for for commercial growth, and I I sort of noticed that. I was thinking to myself, well, like what else at the like it's it's got to grow, isn't it? It's got it's it needs time to breathe a little bit. Like the Euros thing has elevated it massively, and you know more clubs need to probably start doing what Spurs did this weekend, and we need to do more of it where you just expose more people to the games because it is a brilliant vibe, women's football. And much more a lot more kids are watching women's football, I think, in, in, in the crowds particularly. And I know down at Brisbane Road, they have loads of school trips down there, don't they? And stuff like that. Like, it's brilliant. Just
2: much more affordable as it's, well, I think. So absolutely. you get loads of different people there that you wouldn't get in men's yeah. Premier League football because they can't afford it. So that's well, also a good thing. So what what do you,
4: like, what is the next season what is the answer so how do, how does it how, how does it because I think that there's been a step change in reporting hasn't there in terms of you know the BBC Sky etc talking about results and talking about games that are upcoming where a year two years ago they weren't doing that so I guess that's positive but there's got to be they've got to get investment into the game don't they I guess
2: well, and, I mean, how, there's- and how do they do that the, the last lot of investment from Barclays which it, and, and the broadcasting deal did make a huge difference. And I think the issue is, is that there are the Premier It's no surprise that it looks like Reading are going down because Reading are the one WSL team that aren't attached to a current men's Premier League team. So I think the issue is, is because you can have a sustainable game. You don't, you know, but what's happened is, is that you've got the likes of Chelsea who up until now are able to, have been able to just sink costs into their women's team. So actually yeah. to be able to compete, you have to lose money. It doesn't have yeah. to be like that, but it yeah. is, right? So assume that it remains like that. You know, I, I think we have to, I think we're in, we're in too much of a rush and we're in a rush because you've got, football club losing money on their men's teams yeah you know you know and particularly ours it doesn't lose money on you know but i think if you're not in a rush for it actually it's in an incredible place than even where it was three seasons ago yeah. as a product and and i think that the thing to do is figure out how you market and get new fans in and don't assume you're just going to have men's the fans of your men's team being the fans of your women's team. And yeah. I think once we start getting our heads around that, I think you could do some really interesting things. Now obviously Daniel Levy was not very popular with that um with what he said at the Cambridge yeah, Union. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought
4: it was
2: very odd. Well, because it's 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 interesting. I guess, you know, you get caught up in the americanisms of it, right? Because of course that's very much in an american model that you don't have any um promotion and relegation or any jeopardy in that way and you kind of create the jeopardy in other ways but that's not what English football is and you're not I don't see why we would do that in the for the women's teams for in the women's leagues um just because you know figure out how to make it sustainable then like you know if if we're if we're in this situation um for the men for example you wouldn't and we were this far behind. I think that's the other thing is we're far behind um, in women's football. We were the first team to get promoted um, to the WSL on sporting merit. The rest of them had all been there when it started. And we were the first ones that went through the ranks. We're behind. I used, When I used to run a women's football team, it was only 20 years ago. We used to play Spurs and Arsenal were far ahead of that. You know, So I think that's the thing is that because we're far behind, we're playing catch up. It feels like we've got a bigger mountain to climb, I guess, if you're Daniel Levy. But I think you have to, like, you know, trust in the process and figure out how you're going to do your marketing to attract fans that aren't necessarily fans of your men's team. I'm not saying we shouldn't have fans of our men's team. I think it's great that uh, the fans of the men's team get involved in the women's game as well. But I think there's a market. You know, let me tell you that those... Six fifty thousand odd people that were in the Emirates for the Champions League semi-final on Bank Holiday Monday were not all are not all fans of the Arsenal men's team. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know,
4: I I thought that um, yeah, I you know, I I I wondered or thought that his comments were uh, perhaps not terribly thinly veiled, but a thinly veiled dig or warning shot across the bows of the FA to basically say. You know we can't keep running these teams at a loss. We got to do we we we've got to do something differently. Which to your point is not how not how it should work. And it to, I I completely. It feels like it just needs time to breathe and allow like have the World Cup. No doubt we'll have a really good World Cup, or we should have a really good World Cup, which again kicks it on and kicks it on. And events like that just keep kicking it on. And I hope that he and you know other club chairman uh outside a city that just to see it as a reason to bank well stuff I think there's a couple of things don't, there don't, don't get you though. yeah i don't know i mean i'm i'm, I'm not an expert the, at, all, at all the I'm fa wondered. have
2: just the fa have um they're forming a company called Newco because they they've all decided they've all decided amongst themselves you know that the fa shouldn't run the wsl because they don't run leagues you know they're the governing body they run kind of you know um grassroots football and the and the England teams and so actually there's this new co and there's you know Karen Carney's doing her review which is kind of like the fan-led review light it's not a fan-led review but it's a review and then there's also a consultant in a, a good she's good actually I've met her a couple of times a woman called Nikki Doucette who's an ex-Nike um executive who's doing and that's all about how you commercialise the how you commercialise the product but make a great product that's that's great for fans and players that's what Nikki's from what she said to me is what she really cares about is what's there for fans and players and so there are those two things going on so that you know with recognising that the game has to change but you know I just don't think we, you know I, I'm not sure that we can I think you're right you know, give it a bit of time um I, my worry is though like you just said about the World Cup I don't think we will have as good a World Cup to be fair because we've got so many injuries you know you've got the captains out injured there's you know there's a couple of other key yeah there's a couple of other key injuries so you know hopefully we'll have a decent world cup and it'll be a bit of fun and there'll be a good like you know summer atmosphere for us um and yeah and hopefully and from a spurs perspective that we do some good business and figure out what we're doing from for a manager for the women's team as well because don't forget vicky jepson's in temporary charge
4: yeah mm. oh, she's done a good job though no
2: she has yeah she has i mean you know it's a lot of pressure they've been under and yeah. they you know and they did they they were comfortable yesterday and that wasn't just because um you know reading a, a shot to pieces do you know what i mean so mm. it was good it was it was really good and and you know and vicky said it herself she's like you know i really feel really strongly about this club and i really i don't know whether that was her keep me on message Or whether she, you know, from that perspective, i.e. from the perspective of a first team, of the head coach of the first team, or whether she's just saying, I want to stay here as an assistant or whatever. So I guess we'll see.
1: Interesting word, isn't it, about how to make the sports the next big thing? Because, you know, summer seemed to just grow. And, you know, darts wasn't anything like the World Championship But darts used to be in a pub in East London. And then became a big thing and you have a look at what's happening to rugby like the second game of these islands it's in all sorts of trouble you know teams are literally being going into administration so i mean who who, um there's two english clubs so worcester and wasps i think when under in 2022 and london irish now players refusing to play because the, the team don't have insurance Welsh rugby is in all sorts of trouble and i think and Cricket is doing okay, but it's not smashing it from what I can tell. I think there's there's a lot to be learned from where things are going wrong. Um, but so hopefully, I think that we just need to make some stars. I'd love to see more stars be more public for yeah. these teams, but I'm but a few more just faces for the game. Uh, I think that, but it's obviously it's hard, and I, I am no expert. Um, we have Leeds. I'm. A, mm-hmm. I think we can go and get result. I think they'll be so emotional about it. I think we can go and get result. But are you as positive, Jack?
0: No, I think we. I mean, we can go. Look, we're a better team than Leeds, right? Like we're, we. You wouldn't take any of their players over any of ours, to be honest, no. in pretty much every position. But just looking at like what's on the line, they're fighting for Premier League survival. Like they, yeah, you're yeah. not going to get a more motivated team than that. Do you know what I mean? Or more motivated mm-hmm. home fans than that. Is a big Sam Allardyce team. You, you know, you know what we're going to get, and we're going up there with the motivation of if we win, we might be playing in the Conference League. So, you know, like I, I think a lot of the players will be going up there thinking, oh, God, I don't really fancy this today. Like, so I can't see anything other than a, a home win for Leeds. Um, probably Harry Kane getting on the sheet because he always does. But I'd be, I'd be really surprised if we went up there and. Played really well and beat them. I just it would go against pretty much everything that we've seen this season. um <laughs> Who knows? You know, football is a ridiculous game, and going up there with no pressure and no expectation—maybe that's what the players need. But I just I'd be really surprised if we do go up there and get anything. um I mean, really, the the dream for me next week is that we win Villa. Was we stay where we are in the league? We don't go into the conference and we relegate Big Sam and Leeds. That would be that would be absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah. That sounds good. A draw is probably likely. Just like something really damp. Just a really damp mm. match. I mean, yeah. metaphorically, rather than it raining. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they'll do like one of those match of the days where they, they show the games sequentially and it just won't go to Spurs-Leeds because it'll be nil-nil. Nothing it'll will happen. It'll just be the
0: managers shaking hands when it's a full yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How mad is it that that Tuchel Conte embarrassing handshake thing was this season? <laughs> mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right then, oh, ASD, before...
2: do you want to share with Jack and Rob um, what we were talking about in terms of why Tuchel got sacked?
1: Yeah, I mean, you put it on to me. You, <laughs> someone, well, you brought up that there's a rumour. <laughs> But allegedly he got um sacked because he has a sex dungeon. And I was a bit like, so what <laughs> like what what's that got to do with with being in Chelsea? Well, like we don't know feel... what he
2: was doing with a sex dungeon ASD,
1: do we? we don't know if he had one, but we we definitely don't know <laughs> what he was doing with his sex dungeon, where it was. But like unless he's taking players down there against their will, <laughs> then go forth. Like that'd be positively encouraged at, like, some poorly, you know. Boney
4: Bo, Bo-, Bo-, Bo- tried, tried to go it's... in the dressing room, didn't he? And He told him to piss off. And is that what went, it was? It all went south from there. Well, I've got you know no idea. He I'd, you know. didn't
1: need to accuse a, a, a very famous yeah. and rich person that he had a sex dungeon. In well, camp.
4: he might. Well, have, I mean, let's see if he sues. Good luck to him. Then yeah. maybe maybe he didn't. And if he doesn't. It's um, out
2: there, isn't it? We did say allegedly. Someone told it. us exactly. a story. We did say allegedly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, um, I um. what we spent most of the first half doing. The woman in front of us had the most amazing camera on her phone. And she could zoom in. She had it on Sun the entire time. And it was unbelievable. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> a Korean lady, right? But what she was doing, taking pictures of Sun and then taking pictures of that picture on her other phone to then WhatsApp it a photocopy of a photocopy
2: that <laughs> yeah was it's incredible but if you want to see the quality of the picture because it really was incredible then uh check out my instagram
1: and if you want to see a picture of chris taking a picture of the woman taking a picture go to my twitter feed <laughs> <laughs> um, that is
2: ba- that is basically our first half and that, that was, was the good half that
1: was the good uh can i chris you told me a bit of trivia about the women's team about how one of them is engaged to the other yeah oh, yes it's playing which is lovely, yep. and they gotta be thinking if two of the men's team were engaged to each other, who do you think it would be?
2: Oh, that's a good one. Well, back in the day, it would have always been um, Eric, Dyer and Deli, Yeah,
1: you can see that, can't you? Yeah,
2: they loved each other.
1: I bet Di would be one of those ones to wear nothing but like a um apron when he was cooking <laughs> breakfast. Do you know? <laughs>
0: Did you Lovely. hear the brilliant Peter Crouch podcast ages ago when they spoke about what pyjamas do they think that managers wear when they sleep? And they got to Ralph and Hurt when they were like, he's nude, 100% <laughs> he's nude. <laughs>
2: Excellent. <laughs> who, so who do you think in the current team? Okay, in the current team.
4: Richarlison and uh, Emerson. Emerson Royal. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. yeah there's a bro-fest going on there big time. Yeah, they love. they're very close, aren't they?
1: I reckon Forster and Hoiberg would be good, like, opera. Um, opera, but then go to, like, a, a burger joint afterwards, you know?
0: A couple of beers, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dress really smartly, both, like, salt You and pepper, enjoyed hair. Hoiberg's
2: outfit on the uh, lap of honour, didn't you? I he think? was dressed
1: exactly as you think he was going to be. He was dressed. He could go from there, and then he could walk into, like, a herring farm and just check... <laughs> on the feed and then he could go straight into buy a car uh he had the lovely brown jacket on he was just I, you know
2: sensible. i saw it later i think it was a gucci jacket as well you know oh, i bet it was i was...
4: Spence as well i had the baggiest pair of tracksuit bottoms on i have ever seen in my they you could have fitted 10 of them in there
2: was he on, was he, was,
4: he, he there? was there he was there yeah walking around in a brown tracksuit that probably cost more than my house and they were the baggiest tracksuit boppers I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh, wow. I totally just, missed just him.
4: Just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, I love seeing the players with a posse and you just go, oh God, I bet that's just so much trouble all the time. Like Dan Juma just had a massive posse around him the whole time. Mm. Um it was a bit sad that we didn't... Because, really, they should have done something for Hugo. Or just made a note. Or just brought him on for the last minute or something. Just because we might never see him again. um, And that would be really, really sad. I Because I think he was there. I think I saw him, but it was... He, was, was, uh, he was. He was there. wearing
2: that black jacket. He was, was wearing quite yeah. a nice black jacket.
1: God, he's such a beautiful man.
4: It's um, I guess it's weird, though, isn't it? Because he he's still got a year to go and he's, and he's going yet. Although, obviously... 350 grand a week or whatever it is
1: they're going to pay him up yeah i guess he, i guess he's going isn't he i'm yeah. To him yeah that's it uh it's well i'm not here next sunday so we might have to record it in the week or the, a week late but it's end of season award time so we'll do i mean the season's sort of done but we'll do we'll think of other things but if you've got any you could think of at echoes of glory pod at gmail.com Though we need to find the login for that at underscore echoes of glory
0: <laughs> let's be honest, I think we can all take a stab on what the password might be <laughs> i think
1: I think I do I think I do. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, let us know your uh, nominations or I'll just come up with them um, the wackier
0: the better, they're always the best ones at the end, yeah the funnier
1: the better um. Yeah, but thank you. It's it's good to be back to 4 i, I have no idea what Giles is, um, but hopefully i will be back next week. But it's been lovely to see you all.
0: Good to be back. I've missed it the last few weeks.
3: Yeah. Really missed it.
1: I did mention that sex tourism, um, maybe being off check Um, so you do look a bit tired. So it's nice to be back though. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you in a, whenever I see you. And don't forget the future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you Spurs.
3: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is.
0: Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world.
3: We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the track and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick, we are Hoddle, Mabbott, and King, we are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley, we are the hat trick, the scissor kick, we are Bill Nick. Bye. We are Blancheflower, Flower, Ardilis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.